can't you tell they've been waiting to sing. They want to sing all the songs at the same time. Put them all together. Yes. Yes, just mash them all together and sing one, one big praise and worship song. That is who you are. You are awesome. Miracle worker. Come on now, he's everything. Yeah. Make a new song. I love it when the musician just lose control. Yes, let him, let him use. My goodness. I know that was unscripted. Yeah, on earth it was unscripted. Yeah. My God. So, so we're back, y'all. We're back. We, we are back. And what an historic situation we've been through. Yeah, you'll look back. The Lord allows you many more years. You'll look back and you can say, I lived through a pandemic. I don't know that people ever put that into, ref, into the proper frame. We read about them. We read about it when we were growing up in history all the different plagues and pandemics that came about. And I don't think any of us ever thought about the folk who lived through it and how they put it back together again. But here we stand in this place. And I can tell you after 700,000 people have died, if you don't have a praise in your heart for how good God has been. Well, I know you do. I know you do because it's been the effectual fervent prayers of righteous folk that have made it possible through our faith in God to be here. I want to ask you, don't slow down now. No, 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 no. God kept us, and God can keep us going in the direction that he wants us to go in. 19 months. Who would have imagined? We've all individually experienced more than we can ever imagine. During this time, we've had mask wars, and some of us have become um, hand sanitizer aholics. Can't leave anywhere without squirting it somewhere. I got hand sanitizer in my car door, all over the, everywhere at the house. Even, I'm at the house, ain't nobody at the house but me and Karen. I'm hand sanitizing. It's just become infectious just where we are. But hadn't God been good to us throughout it all? Yeah. None of us are the same. Not, none of us. Nobody. Nobody is the same. And just as a church grows and is organic, it's not the same either. This is not the same 45th Street as it was 19 months ago. This is a different church. How do I know that? Because I, there's some friends I had here I don't see no more. And I tell you, I say it, I said it last Sunday, and I thank God, and I'm selfish when I say it. I'm selfish, I know I'm selfish, but I'm, I'm thankful to God that we were in the posture we were in when some of those deaths happened. Because it made it so much 
easier. And I don't know that the Lord's job is to make life easy for me. But it made it easier for me not to have to come here every Sunday and to be able to not see somebody here who I've been used to seeing for 17, almost 17 years every Sunday. And so God was protective in that way. And we didn't even know what he was doing to us. But we're still here, and as much as we're still here, that means God has some work for us to do, church. Everybody ought to say amen to that. Yeah, you ought to be saying to yourself, what is it, Lord? What would you have me to do for kingdom building? What is it that you would have me to do to help somebody? And I found a song that I believe instructs us in this space. Nothing too very complicated, but David wrote a psalm, Psalm 4. If you're not familiar with it, I, I commend it to you for your reading. All right? It's perfect for when you've been through something. Psalm 4. It's an evening prayer of David. An evening prayer of David. And, and, and David writes something that I believe is going to bless us all today. David, David writes, answer me when I call, O Lord. Oh, yeah, he runs right in there to it and puts it to the Lord. He said, answer me when I call. O God of my righteousness, you have freed me when I was hemmed in and relieved me when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear and respond to my prayer. O sons of men, how long will my honor and glory be turned into shame? How long will you, my enemies, love worthless and futile things and seek deception and lies? But know that the Lord has set me apart for himself. Yeah, he set me apart and dealt wonderfully with the godly man. The Lord hears and responds when I call to him. So tremble with anger and fear and do not sin. Meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. Offer righteous sacrifices. Trust in the Lord. Many are saying, oh, that we might see some good. Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put joy in my heart more than others know when their wheat and new wine have yielded abundantly. In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety and confident trust. David's in trouble. I was reading out of the Amplified Version because I love the poetic way it reads. I'm sure that wasn't the version you had up there, but stick a pen in that in your Bible and go back and read it. And let me tell you what David is talking about this morning and how you can use David's experience to help you because that's what we do. That's why God gave us scripture. God gave us examples of people who had gone through something and who had experienced something and God wants us to know that just as I did it to them, I can do it to you too. How many of y'all know that's true in your own life? You've seen it manifest in your own life that just like God's been good to other folk, he hasn't been slack on me either. And so today I want to tell you that after all we've been through, the subject about to have one is something good is going to come out of this, y'all. Something good is going to come out of this. That's what David's talking about. The psalm is clearly an example of how a true lover of God can start talking to him about situations. 
But you got to be a true love of God because some of us are too timid in our approach to the Lord. In fact, some of us are downright scared to talk to God even though we say he's, he, he's ours. But David shows us that when you love the Lord and have a relationship with him, you got to boldly go to him and talk to him. You got to sit down and talk to him and let him know what's on your mind. In fact, I love this about David. David shows us that you have to have passion when you go to the Lord. Yeah. He steps to him quickly and he says, answer me. Yeah. Have you ever had somebody who seemed like they were not paying attention to you? You got to get a little bit more aggressive with them and say, answer me. Do you hear me when I'm saying something to you? And I can tell you that God's not going to be offended when you come to him sincerely with passion in your heart. Not that it's your emotion that can change God. No, 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 no. But he wants to know that you care about what you're bringing to him. And sometimes I think, watch this now, that some of us don't get what we ask the Lord for because we don't really believe we want it. Some of us are too dispassionate about what we go to the Lord about. I mean, we whisper it to him. Lord, if you will. No, 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 no. Be firm in your approach to him, and that's what David does. We, we pray with our passion. And then David lays a foundation in his conversation. I love this. He lays it directly at the feet of God. He knows that he is only counted as righteous because of his faith in God. I love that line in the scripture when he says, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. In other words, I'm not anything without you. My righteousness only comes because of my connection to you. There is no righteousness except from with God. And so watch this now. If you don't have the righteousness that comes from God, that means you're self-righteous. And self-righteousness is a sin. That's a sin. All right? You are only good because of your connection to him. And it's okay that you acknowledge to him that you know he is the connection to anything good that comes to you. And then David starts reflecting on past mercies that have been given to him. Watch this. David is smart enough to realize, church, that when he did well in life, it's because God blessed him. And when he messed up in life, it's because he followed his own pattern of production. And so what he's saying here is, there's a pattern developing in my life, Lord. And I wonder if you've noticed any pattern developing in your own life. He realizes that whenever, watch this, he was in a difficult situation and he took the situation to the Lord, he was surprised to find out that God always blessed him and brought him out of it. See, see, see sometimes we get confused on that. Sometimes we think that the blessing comes because of who we know. And we forget to give God glory. And sometimes we think it's because of what we know. And we forget to give God glory. Sometimes we think it's just our time because we were just next in line. But David had been through enough to know that it was always connected back to his relationship with the Lord. And even when he, and this is the good part about it, when he messed up, God blessed him. You ought to know this. David messed up a lot. Oh, yeah, David messed up a lot. He said, he said, I know, though, Lord, from my past experience, even though I've been David too many times, you haven't brought me this far just to leave me. 
You've been good to me, and I fully expect that you'll continue to be good to me. I know it might sound a little presumptuous in his prayer, but in reality, this is what faith looks like. Faith approaches God and says, Lord, I know you love me, and you say I'm yours, and I'm asking you to do this for me. And you ask it with the full expectation that God is going to hear you and bless you in the way that you ask for it. And maybe you've been in this space before. I wonder, I wonder if you are brave enough, courageous enough to say in this sanctuary today that you've been in trouble. And in that space of trouble, you had no idea where you were going to go. You had exhausted circumstances that you knew to tap into. Somebody here knows what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm looking out here. I see somebody who was in trouble. And now I'm seeing you on the other side of trouble, just like we all were in trouble 19 months ago. And I'm seeing you on the other side of that trouble right now. And I wonder who you give credit for bringing you this far. I wonder if you really think hand sanitizer saved you. Somebody ought to help me with this now. I wonder if you really think a mask saved you. I wonder if you really think the enemy cares about social distancing. I wonder if you know that the credit goes to anybody, if you think it goes to anybody but the Lord. And David, David sat down and he checked it out. And he said, look, I've been in some tough situations. I remember when I had bears and wolves coming to get me in the sheepfold. And there was nobody down in the sheepfold but me. Even if I hollered, I was too deep in the woods for anybody else in this place, in the world to hear me. And it was nobody but the Lord on my side who protected me from the bears and the wolves. Not only did he keep me, the shepherd, he kept my sheep too and made sure I didn't get in trouble with my daddy when I got back. God's been good to me. Yeah, see, not only did he keep you, you look around and you see your children and they're doing all right. Yeah, they couldn't do all that hand sanitizer and sure don't want to wear no mask everywhere they go. And yet God has been keeping them. Not only did he keep them from the bears and the wolves, he said there was a jealous king who I was trying to serve. All I did was go up in the castle, and, I mean, up in his palace and try to serve him and, and watch this. He was trying to kill me. But yet, God, you love me enough, even in those circumstances, to protect me. And in those situations, David was innocent. But David wasn't always innocent, y'all. No, 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 because there was a woman on the, back, on the roof who was bathing. He wasn't innocent there. And he said, and I let my eyes write the script for the rest of my life. Yeah, my eyes told my heart and my mouth what to do. And God, even though I put myself in that situation and took another man's wife, even though I abused my position of influence and put another man in danger, even though I let my craziness get in, the, in my head and had the man killed, even though I did that, God, you still took care of me. David is saying, but I still know that in spite of all the situations I've been in, I got sense enough tonight while I'm on my knees and praying this, Lord. I believe that some good is going to come out of this situation I'm in right now. Why? Because that's your history with me. Have you reviewed your history with the Lord? Has he been walking with you enough? Or do you think that your current situation is going to dictate the rest of your life? Or has God laid enough of a footprint in your life to tell you that even though it's tough right now, some good? It's still going to come out of the situation you find yourself in. I can hear David say, Lord, 
I got enough muscle memory. Maybe that's the problem. See, I, I watched muscle memory take over the musicians a few minutes ago. They started playing, and they were used to just playing for five, six, seven, or eight of us in here. And a few, you know, in a few minutes, we move on to the sermon. But then they saw two, three more people back there clapping right now this morning. And it, it, it moved them a little bit, and, and, and the muscle memory kicked in, and songs started flooding through his mind so fast that he couldn't sing them all at the same time. I wonder if you got yourself in that same situation. That if you started, just, 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 just reviewing. Just reviewing. David talked to God in the first part of this song. But then he turns around and he starts talking to men. And that's another thing we need to do. We need to stop being scared of folk. Well, yeah. We need to stop being, I'm not talking about being aggressive with them. I'm, some, I'm just simply telling you to be matter of fact and let them know that you belong to the Lord. And when you come for me, you come for him too. And since I belong to him, he has a responsibility to take care of me. And I fully expect and I know based on our relationship in the past that he's always come through in taking care of me. And he turns around after validating his faith in the Lord. David turns to his haters and his enemies and he starts talking to them and he says, How long, y'all? How long y'all going to keep this up? How long are you going to keep talking about me? How long are you going to keep on running my name through the, through the mud? How long are you going to keep disparaging me? How long are you going to keep attacking my character and calling me everything but a child of God? I just came to tell you today I am a child of God. And because I'm a child of God, I know despite what you put on your mind to do to me, some good is going to come out of this situation you got me in now. He said, I'm advising you before God deals with you that you need to step off and leave me alone. He said, I've been talked about, old songwriter said, and I've been buked, rebuked, and I've been scorned. He said, David said, this same David now who's been through this right now, you need to know David's son was after him trying to take the throne from him. That's the reason he's writing this psalm right now. He's saying, I know I've been in tougher situations, and the Lord has come through and taken care of me. And in this instance, he says to him, I've been talked about. I've been buked and I've been scorned. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. The Lord has made all of my enemies before behave, and if they kept on, he put them in eternal time out. I know that the Lord can bless me, and I believe he will. But people are so low down, they'll try to take the good that God has done in your life. And they'll try to take that good and turn it into something bad. The victory that you had, they'll try to turn your victory into something that was meaningless. That's how low down people are. They tried to take David's victories, the good that he had done for the people, and turn them into some kind of violation. They tried to turn whatever he had done in terms of winning and turn it into a wrong. But God had been faithful to him, y'all. God was good to him. You can imagine that God, that David was in this place, but can you see yourself in that space? Have you seen yourself in a space where God had to come through because if he didn't come through, nobody else was going to stand up for you. Now when you look back over, you know that if it, was the, if it had not been for the Lord on your side, you can say, like the older folks said, where, oh where would I be? Maybe, just maybe, you're going through something right now because as in the scripture, God has set you apart. 
because that's what he did for David. Yeah, he, he set him apart. He put him apart from the folk who were in league to put him in a bad spot. David was set apart for them, and sometimes we take being set apart for the wrong reason. Oh, oh yeah, your shift changed on your job, and now you can't go to lunch with the folk that you used to hang out with. And you're mad about it because somewhere you used to enjoy being a part of that conversation. I came to tell you today, maybe God's setting you apart. Maybe God is getting you away from folk who are nothing but a negative drain on you, and you didn't even realize that those people were negative to you. It seems like your friends that you usually hang out with, you haven't been able to get with them for a while. For whatever reason, circumstances always come up that prevents you from getting together. Can I tell you? Maybe, just maybe, God is setting you apart from them and letting you spend some time meditating. Meditating, meditation gets a wrong definition these days, Casanova, because we got too many folk out there trying to define what meditation is. Yeah, you got the Christian way of meditating and then you got the, 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 the Eastern way of meditating. Every time you turn on TV now, somebody's doing yoga or something like that. Well, can, let me tell you the distinction between what we do and what they do. Yoga, when you do it, tells you that what you're trying to do is meditate and clear your mind. They tell you they want you to empty your mind. The problem when you empty your mind is something's going to run in there. Yeah. When you empty your mind, it leaves space for all sorts of enemy evil to come in your mind and fill that place. But when we meditate as believers, the Bible tells us we need to meditate on God's word. In other words, we need to fill our minds, not empty it. We need to put in our minds good things. The Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ. We're not emptying ourselves so the enemy can run amok. We're filling ourselves with good things, and those good things are what keep us in balance with the Lord. God wants to set you apart for that. You may have thought that you were getting a new job just as a new step in your career, but maybe God set you apart for another part of his service. And why? Why does he do that to us? Why does he put us in this space and set us apart? Well, a few reasons why God sets us apart. The first reason, maybe it just pleases him. No one can question. When God is pleased with simply doing something for you, it's got to be good in it. And so that might be why he sets you apart. The, the Bible says that Jesus was willing to go to the cross. Why? Because it pleased. It pleased the Lord. All right? But maybe he's setting you aside because he's preparing you for greater purity. Maybe that's why you're being pushed away from your comfort zone to another place for greater purity. And then last but not least, maybe he's setting you apart for greater service. And you can't do the service that God wants you to do from the location that you are right now. It can't happen. And so he's pulling you apart. And that's what David is telling me I found out that when I listened to the Lord and I meditated on the Lord, I understood that he was preparing me for greater service. And look, even though David messed up often, he had enough about him to fess up often. And when he fessed up, it showed God how much he loved him. And that's why God said, he is a man 
after my own heart. And my question to you is when you mess up, how long does it take you to fess up? When you mess up, how much distance do you put between you and the Lord? When you mess up, I'm advising you to go quickly back to the Lord and say, Lord, please forgive me. Tell me what you would have me to do to move forward if you want to keep on hearing from him because he is good and holy. He will not violate your will. If you decide you want to stay distant from him, church, he will let you stay distant from him. But in this psalm, we find out that David didn't have a problem going to him. In fact, we can go through scripture and find psalm after psalm where David didn't have a problem going to him. Put number four on your list. Put number 51 on your list and know that when you mess up, if you need a recipe for how to fess up, read Psalm 51. And Psalm 51 will tell you to go in and not only tell the Lord you messed up, but ask him to clean you up. He'll clean you up. And that's why I'm convinced on the other side of this situation where things have been so bad, I know people have been struggling. I know we've had some tragedies. I know people are down in the mouth about what we do going forward. I don't have any confidence that the church is going to be the church. I don't have any doubt that the folk who love the Lord are going to keep loving the Lord. I don't have any doubt that there are people out there who need to know the Lord. That's our job, to go tell them and bring them into a relationship. In fact, I am convinced, just like David was, that something good is going to come out of this situation. And I'm not certain about what you are personally experiencing right now. But you can rest assured that God sees you. God is confident that you, if you pray to him, that he can answer your prayer. I'm confident that God will respond to you. If you love him and if you are faithful, I'm confident that God will respond to you. If you are his, then you can have the same assurance that David had. That's why we have his example. That's why we have his testimony. David, at the end of this psalm, has to do something that sometimes we have to do, and that's calm ourselves down. Yeah, we get so excited about what we're trying to say to the Lord that we can't really think or talk straight. And he said, I had to calm myself down from his passion that he started the psalm out with. And he said, I could get mad at these folks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about now because when your first inclination, inclination when they do something to you is cussing. Come on now. Let me tell you this. If you feed cussing, cussing will grow. If you feed it. But you got to learn how to put yourself in a space where you calm yourself down and you meditate on the ways that God would have you to go. Can I share this with you? If you learn how to approach your problems this way, it will confuse the enemy so bad. It'll be worse than a knife being put in them because they won't understand why you're not trying to retaliate against them. And your testimony can be, I don't have to deal with you because my God is able to deal with this circumstance and that was the confidence that David had so meditate on your situation not on the way that I told you the Easterners do it but on the way God would have you to respond to it and then today 
I want you to learn how to start offering to the Lord a sacrifice of righteousness. Oh, that's a big one. Your sacrifice of righteousness means you're going to have to bite that tongue. It means you're going to have to not say some things. And in order to not say some things, you're going to have to not think some things. And in order to not think some things, you're going to have to replace your thinking with some other thinking. And if you learn how to do that, then, my friend, I know you'll be growing and you'll get a better outcome than you would have naturally had. So say to yourself, I will trust. I will trust in the Lord. And you can say it until I die, but learn how to trust in him just today. And if you trust in him today, wake up tomorrow and trust in him that day. And before long, you'll have put all your trust in the Lord. Don't try to go a month at a time saying, just do one day at a time. In fact, if you want to grow it and get some muscle memory in trust, say, Lord, I'm going to trust you this hour. And I'll see if I can make it from this hour to the next hour. And then I'll move on to the next hour. But learn how to put your trust in the Lord. And then you'll find that just like David, he had put gladness in David's heart. And then that gladness, David found, is more valuable than money. He said this, gladness in your heart, contentment in the heart is more valuable than money in your pocket. Yeah, I've learned to be, Paul said, content. Contentment has a value that far exceeds your bank account. Yeah, just whatever I got you gave me, Lord, I'm okay with it. And so I came to tell you, I came to tell you, after all this we've been through, learn how to say to the Lord, whatever you have for me, I'm satisfied. Didn't the old folk used to say, I'm satisfied with Somebody has been in church before. I'm satisfied with Jesus. They didn't put anything else on the line. You know and I know they didn't have much of anything to put on the line sometime. But such as they had, they counted it as nothing when it came to just having Jesus Christ. He'll keep you. And they also said that this joy that he's given me, I'm satisfied with it because I can keep it. Yeah, there's nothing anybody in the world can do, Tyrone, that can take this joy from me. Why? Because the world didn't give it to me. And because the world didn't give me this joy, I'm not even concerned that the world can take it away from me. That's the kind of joy he gives you. And because I know that something good is going to come out of this situation, I can celebrate right now. Why? I can celebrate. And when I go home at night, that's what the psalmist said, and I'm gone. The psalmist said, when I go home tonight, I can lay down and I can go to sleep. Not because I got a seedly posturepedic. That doesn't help me sleep. No, 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 no. I can go to sleep. Not because I got a sleep member. No, it doesn't matter what number you put it on. You can still struggle at night. I can go to sleep. Not because the temperature in the room is okay. Not because I got enough blankets. I can go to sleep and I can be content. Why? Because I'm in his arms. And I'm safe when I'm in his arms. I'm not trying to rely on anything else. We learn when we're children to pray, now I lay me down to sleep. And I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And for some reason, you and I think that's a children's prayer. Can I tell you, that's a mature prayer. Yeah, when you can go to sleep and put yourself in God's hands and be content in the fact that through the night, through dangers seen and unseen, he can take care of you. I came to tell you right now, y'all, 
when you walk out of here today, say to yourself, I got a feeling. Something good is going to come out of this situation. I may not have walked up on it yet, but I got a feeling. When I was in college, we had a song that we took from a spiritual song. Yeah, it said, I got a feeling. I got a feeling. And we say something, but I say, everything's going to be all right. I got a feeling that everything is going to be all right. Why? Because I'm safe. Do you feel safe? I'm safe in his arms. And let me ask you this. Have you ever put yourself in his hand? That's the question of the hour. Have you put yourself in God's hands? Have you accepted the gift that he gave you before you were even born? God sent a gift to earth for you. His name was Jesus. He was God's only son. Yeah, he prepared for you having a relationship with him before you even came here. He sent a gift, and all he says when you come and you learn about my son Jesus, just accept the gift that he's given you. Accept the gift. It's called the gift of salvation. Have you accepted it? If you've never accepted the gift that God sent you, that's the gift of relationship with him because that's what this is about. The gift of relationship with him will allow you to have glory on this side and eternal glory on the other side. Have you accepted that gift from him? If you've not, then I'm empowered by the highest offices in heaven to extend an invitation to you to accept that gift. We say we're opening the doors to church, but I can tell you it's much bigger than that. Much bigger than us opening the doors to 45th Street. We'll open the doors to a relationship with the Lord. I hope you'll learn how to get closer to him at 45th Street. I hope you'll learn how to fellowship with us and love people at 45th Street. That's our job to teach you. Right now, if you've never accepted him before, if you've never had the opportunity to say, I, tr I will trust in the Lord, then I open the doors to you right now. Maybe you're looking for another church home. And if that's the case, then today I extend an invitation to you and say, come join us. Let's learn how to love people together and help people together.